Welcome to the podcast, People More Interesting Than Me. I'm your host, Michael Stromsky, where every week I host a new guest with unique professions, personal adversity, or even maybe a strong opinion or two. And if you haven't hit the five stars review on Apple Podcasts, please hit it now before you forget. Running a podcast is a surprising amount of work, and more reviews converts into a wider range of future guests. Ladies and gentlemen, cycling enthusiasts, and creative minds, welcome to a pedal-powered episode of our podcast. Today, we are thrilled to introduce you to Ben, a true visionary in the world of upcycled bicycle innovation. With a keen eye for transforming discarded bike parts into functional art, Ben has mastered the art of giving new life to old gears and frames. Join us as we ride through the story of his journey, from salvaging forgotten components to crafting eco-friendly masterpieces. Tune in to discover how Ben's passion for sustainability and cycling collide into a symphony of ingenuity and environmental consciousness. Enjoy. Yeah, thanks for thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Um, and uh, so basically, it should take. I mean, it really depends. Uh, usually around like thirty minutes to an hour, depending on how much. Um, and basically, how you get started with, obviously, upcycling bike. And I love the Schwinger name, by the way. That's, <laughs> thanks. That is. Uh, is singer i know i know obviously uh schwinn is german what is singer is it u.s uh well they're both u.s uh brands uh schwinn was uh probably the dominant bicycle brand in the united states for about 50 years and singer was as well but they were also made all over the world but they both started in the states oh man i thought i for the longest time i thought schwinn was german oh schwinn's definitely sounds german but uh okay. yeah it was started i think in chicago okay uh, back the wright back brothers the, yeah kind of yeah yeah the wright brothers started out with bicycles too you grew up in pennsylvania right yeah i did okay okay even though pennsylvania is just like the chance of people knowing each other in pennsylvania i feel like is so slim so my mom is originally from williamsport pennsylvania oh no way and All you're right. gonna and you're gonna tell me you're like oh i'm i'm like 3 hours away yeah something like that yeah probably <laughs> yeah i grew up near uh lake erie and now i live near harrisburg and they're both like 3 hours away so you nailed it gotcha so the two things i know about both of those i know erie is cold as sin like yeah. if you ever want to die a nice cold death you go to erie it's a good uh, place for that and then harrisburg i know is like the waypoint between like a bunch of stuff and they have a lot of good breweries if i remember yes, correctly both it is definitely the waypoint it's in between philly and pittsburgh which is why it's the state capital so it's it's kind of in the middle of nowhere but kind of close to a lot of stuff the amish yeah <laughs> we had amish folks help with our house we got a bunch around and uh they're great but they're all around no doubt i think i think something recently i thought was it's something you don't think about but then when you think about it, it's it's kind of cute. Uh, it was like a photo of a Costco and they had a section specifically for like buggies and horses for the oh, Amish. Nice. And I thought that was hilarious because it's like something you don't even 
you don't even think about the Amish going to Costco, but like, why wouldn't nope. they go to Costco? Because right. it's, it's like a little Dutch market. Like I love get, Amish Dutch markets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. To get into the nitty gritty, I saw yeah. the way I found you was I was on Instagram and I saw, I, I, I guess you would call it like a chimera. It was a, uh, a singer uh, sewing machine, but it was attached to a bicycle, a, like a specifically a Schwinn, right? Or was it a yeah. different kind? And yeah, you were, you got it. And you were self powering it, which recently I started sewing. And I know that like a lot of people nice. don't, I've always been fascinated by sewing. So it just, I don't know. But people don't know that you can just like use your hand to sew like the whole time. And then so, seeing you do this, I was just like, that's so cool. That's like, <laughs> like, I've never seen this before. And like, how, how did, how did you even like, why, begin with why that do concept? that? How, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, well, I'm a big fan of cycling. Um, so I know that there's power that's, uh, you know, produced from cycling, you know, usually we just use it out on the road to get from point A to point B and back. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's just kind of fast with human power i my my wife and i we built our house and we're off grid so we're we're just interested in the idea of alternative energies and mindsets and uh so i I was like well maybe i can pair a bike with a sewing machine but there's precious little information about that on the internet like you know in some hazy corner somewhere somebody did it and they posted a really crappy youtube video some reddit Um, thread yeah right uh, and I was like, I, I think it's theoretically possible, but you know, I didn't have anything to go off of. So I got a junk bike and a bunch of, uh, junk two by fours. And I made kind of my first one to see if the concept would work. And I, you know, I didn't really pay any money for anything. Cause I just wasn't sure if it'd work. And then somebody else actually came up with, well, dude, you should get like the all American bicycle, which is a Schwinn and you should get the all American sewing machine, which is a singer and put them together and you'll call it your swinger. And I, at first I was like, yeah. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I went about, I got the Schwinn exercise bike, which those are pretty money as like a little power unit. Cause you know, you don't have, it, it just sits there on its own. You yeah. don't have a bicycle that you have to worry about keeping up. Does it have one um, of those, uh, chain covers? That's what I'm imagining right now. It did. I took it off cause it didn't work the way that I wanted to get the power to go, but it did. It had an awesome one. It said Schwinn exerciser. And, uh, you know, I think I've put it up on my wall now. Now that's not on the bike. That's nice. And does it have those, like, I think I had, what did I have? I think I had a Schwinn traveler in college and it had okay. those, uh, what's it called? Those feet cages. And I just had to take them off. <laughs> like, they can be kind of death traps yeah oh yeah especially when you're trying you're trying to do something and you just slam your toe into the cage and you're like oh crap like oh no like i'm about to eat asphalt right now um yeah you're like commuting and you need to get out of those real quick sometimes it doesn't happen then you fall over and feel kind of bad so is, is this just like a like a passion or was it a passion that turned into a profession like what did you do like while you were developing your, your, uh, uh prototype. Yeah. Uh, well, I've done a lot of things. Um, so I went to college and right out of college, I, uh, I joined the Peace Corps. Um, and so I served in Zambia for three years and then I came back and bounced around and wasn't really sure what I was doing. Um, 
you know, kind of did a few things. I worked in a bike shop for a little bit. Uh, I worked at a kid's camp in Hawaii, uh, met my wife, and then we decided to do Peace Corps again. So uh, we did it for two years in Peru. Then I came back. I worked at another bike shop. I worked at a um, bicycle wholesaler. And then more recently, I was working with adults um, with uh, adults with autism. And, uh, and so this was kind of my escape, you know, it, it, it's a pretty tough gig, uh, work in just any sort of, um, service like that. And, uh, this was kind of my, uh, you know, little bit of, it, it was something that I enjoyed doing to kind of keep my, um, you know, keep my sanity myself. And, uh, yeah, it just kind of, it's turned now into a profession. It's still a pretty low lying profession. I was able to save up quite a bit over the last few years. So I have about a year of finances to kind of make it work. But yeah, I'm hoping and I make um, uh, a lot of different kinds of wallets out of old bicycle inner tubes. So I thought that was kind of cool, you know, bicycle powered, making things out of old things that were on bikes. Yeah, I've definitely seen that. Uh, I've delved into like, what's it called? Uh, Kiteboarding. And those Uh, kites, like when you run them down, what's that called? It's not uh, Dacron. It's called... uh... I forget that material's awesome and yeah. super colorful and just perfect for sewing into stuff. Exactly. You can make like a bunch of different stuff with it. And it's not like you're ever going to use this for like if it gets holes and stuff like that. It's it's trash it's unless done. you yeah. unless you can make like a like a nice prom dress. Out, you know, like it's so colorful that you could do whatever you want with it after. And it's not yeah. like somebody's going to throw a stink or anything like that. Yeah, um, I think they look cool. Yeah. Uh, and then I saw, I saw the, uh, what else did you do? The, uh, the cart, like the cliche, uh, if anybody, I mean, everyone's seen some type of like Looney Tunes or, uh, I, I feel like it's a Wiley Coyote thing with the yeah. uh, railroad cart. What's, what's the official oh. name for that again? Like the, I think uh, they call them rail bikes. Oh, okay. oh, oh, right. That one that you're talking about. Uh, yeah, I have no idea, but the one that goes up and down yeah. and that, two dudes are pushing up and down and they're yes, flying exactly. down the rails. Yeah. My wife and I, we celebrate our 14th wedding anniversary and she was cool enough. And she's like, what? And it's something that we had both been interested in. So it was also in Pennsylvania and uh, they have these rail bikes that, um, you know, all the drive stuff is bike stuff. And then it has a few um, railroad type wheels on them. And it was a blast. We had a lot of fun. That sounds awesome. Is that, is that did you say that was in Pennsylvania or West Virginia? Yeah, that that one's in Pes- Pennsylvania, but okay. they're all over. I think there's one in uh, West Virginia as well. The one that we went to um, is kind of in the central eastern part of uh, Pennsylvania, uh, but they have them all around. They're they're a lot of fun. You can rent them for like you know between eighty and a hundred fifty dollars, depending on the the outfit. And uh, it's a blast. You know, we went with two, but there were other cars that had four, so pretty family friendly and that's nice it, that's it's definitely it's awesome. awesome it's on my list of things that i never thought i wanted to do and then it's like <laughs> in the back of my head uh so when you were coming up with your uh i got i gotta think of the name every time uh i i call the one a swinger and then the i call swinger, the other ones uh are so cycles okay when you came up with the sh- i i would imagine that you had to there was like that in between with too much torque and not enough torque mm. was that did you have yeah. any funny stories where you accidentally just like totally wrecked everything oh, yeah. well uh yeah so i started had no idea what it's doing and i was like ah like a two to one ratio that'd be pretty good so 
for uh, one revolution of the pedals, you know, it's going to move the the um, um, the the part of the sewing machine twice. And so I was like, ah, that'll be perfect. Two stitches for every um, cycle. And then that is really slow <laughs> and a ton of torque. So it can go through just about anything, but you know, you, you'll, uh, you have to really spin to get that to happen. So yeah, I had to mess around a lot with the gears and I, I don't understand the ratios and whatnot. I just changed the gears and, oh, that's better or that's worse. And a lot of tinkering that's involved. But uh, one time when I was doing that, I was still like, I had to really move my pedal so i was really like focusing on making my feet go fast and then like the uh you know the thread broke so i had to re-thread it and i just wasn't paying attention and i put the needle through my finger which you know it's like the classic sewer thing everybody puts the needle through their finger just once but the way that i did it i was using my feet and like my brain blanked i'm like <laughs> oh which way do i which way do i go to get the yeah, needle yeah, yeah. out of my finger and instead of getting the needle out i panicked and i made the needle go further in uh you know, uh, it was just a yeah. painful memory but uh the way the way you describe that is like i have a constant fear i've never done this before but I, Good on you. There, no, no, not that part. But like when I'm driving or I think about driving, like, like which one's the gas, which one's the brake? I don't know <laughs> if you've ever done that before, where it's just like, yeah, maybe it's not even when I'm in the car. It's just like, I don't know, just a constant fear I have, like being late for a test or something. Oh yeah, it's just like a little switch in your brain, and you know, it's pretty easy, you know, left or right, and you know, we get those confused all the time, and. uh yeah, yeah. That yeah, sometimes when I don't think it comes out better. And then when I think about it, I get confused. Yeah. So with this ramping up, is there anything else you're working on and off you with that? Because I, I know I saw you uh man, I don't even know what the name of those are. The the thing that goes around the chain that's attached to the uh the spoke that you're oh. making clocks out of those. Oh, cool. Yeah, you look back. Thanks. Um so yeah, I do the sewing. I, I've made a few of the sew cycles and I, I kind of hope that's that's kind of my best way forward. But I also uh, get a lot of uh, bike parts. So the chain rings, those are called. Um, so they're, they're big, they're like 52 teeth. And I found that they work really well to make clocks. Um, so yeah, I, I put a bunch of different things in the back. The ones that are the most popular seem to be, I take old license plates and then I make that the clock face and then I put the clock through and then every once and again, you can get a pendulum that goes. So I put a uh, bicycle chain and at the end of the bicycle chain, I have a bicycle gear. And so it's like a, a pendulum that's a chain and a gear. And uh, yeah, they, they're. Uh, I saw they're the one cool. you did of DC. It looked really cool. I was like, oh, OK, because I've was always. I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, I'm, I'm originally from Maryland. Nice. So you you know how like everyone from Maryland loves the Maryland flag, but everyone who's not from Maryland hates it with a passion. Yeah, no, but, I, I so I went down to Maryland once with the Maryland flags, and I was like, well, I'll just cut out the flag part because it looks kind of silly. And then everybody from Maryland came up and went, "Dude, you cut out the whole cool part. You took out the flag." Uh, uh, uh. It's like I, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you'll know better next time. But I I love uh, yeah. DC's flag. I I don't know why it doesn't get enough hype even though it's so like simple uh yeah no the dc plate's cool too some somebody came up to me and said I'd, I'd like to just uh you know i was at a bicycle event and they said i have some old dc plates from when i lived in dc i want to remember my time and so i was like yeah because they're it's 
it's weird with license plates. There's like this really interesting secondary gray market. Uh, and so, you know, I find a lot of them at garage sales or, you know, friends and family know that I like them. So if they see them when they're out and about at a sale, they'll grab them. Um, but it means that I'm never going to find a Florida one or, or rarely will I find a Florida or California because they're far away from me. Um, so you can buy them online and there's, there's like, some states cost more than others. And Maryland is one of the more expensive states because I don't think they, I think you have to maybe turn in your plates or Maryland kind of guards their plates. Whereas like California, you know, those are really easy. There's a lot of California plates. You are, uh, so it's interesting. You are a hundred percent right because boring facts, but in Virginia, you have to pay property tax. So a lot of okay. people who move from Maryland to Virginia, cause you don't have to pay taxes on your cars in Maryland. So when you move to Maryland to Virginia, you have to start paying like, I don't know, like I have a like a Jeep and I pay like $400 a year on it, but it's an old Jeep. So okay. you have a newfangled car, you have to pay like, like $3,000. Yeah. Um, oh, snap. However, what I learned is when you move from Maryland to Virginia, you have to send back in your plates. And if yeah. you don't send in your plates, you have to, what is it? You have to make sure that you are covered by insurance between the, the gap period and all this stuff. And I was huh. just freaking out because I had just thrown them away, like not <laughs> even thinking. So at one point I was like, oh, crap, what am I going to do? So I just bought new plates, like spanking <laughs> new plates. And then I sent them back immediately. <laughs> and yeah. somehow I got away with it. And hopefully they don't listen to this. Nice. Yes, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Different states must have similar things because uh, there's probably like five states that are really hard to get and the rest of them are, are pretty easy. New Mexico oh. has a really cool... Uh, oh, it does. It has like a uh, Native American like, totem, I think, on it or yeah. something like and, that. And one, one version's teal and one version's yellow, but it's really hard to get a hold of. Like Maybe they have something similar. Yeah, uh, I believe who that. Knew? Yeah. So where do you... Like, what's your next big project, I guess, coming up? Well, uh, for this fall, I'm focusing on getting out to some, uh, like, craft events and Christmas events. So I have uh, six scheduled events in September, October, and November. Because um, I did a big redesign on my all my wallets. So before, I was lining them. Um, either I wasn't lining them or I'd line them with old chicken feed bags, which I thought looked pretty cool. But um, I thought people would want some colored stuff. So, so like some really bright colors. I found um, some really nice like reinforced fabric that's made out of old uh, plastic bottles. They recycle them. And it, it looks amazing. But I, I felt as though I had to get that in front of folks. So right now I'm pushing to get out to all those events, talk to people, see what just kind of see where their eyes go, what gels with them. Um, and so that'll probably take up the majority of my fall. And then. Uh, in the winter and in the spring, I hope to I hope to make all the wallets. So I make like a couple different versions, but most of them right now are are, are, are kind of manly, uh, you know, like a bifold uh, is kind of a classic dude wallet. So I hope to make some wallets that maybe uh, some hit. clutches. Yeah, like some clutches or some people call ones envelope style or just, you know, just go out and go nuts on the design side. Because uh, I get a lot of folks on Instagram that say, well, that's a really cool wallet. That's not my style. Um, so go out on a branch and try those things. And then, yeah, just see where it takes me from there. So I've made uh, four so cycles, two Schwingers that are Schwinn and the singer. 
Um, and one, I just made this mobile. So I'll go around to all the shows with this. And if people are really interested, you know, it's a pretty easy concept. And I, I've developed a really easy keychain that people can sew out of inner tubes. So I, it'll be fun to watch people sew and interact with them. That's awesome. So at the beginning of the interview, you mentioned like all these places you had traveled to with the Peace Corps, with your wife and stuff like that. How do you, yeah. it just seems like complete extremes because if I remember, you are <laughs> you are completely off the grid right now, right? Yeah, yeah, we are. But you go to all these like amazing, or you went to all these amazing places, and that's such like how do you deal with such a contrast like that? Well, yeah, there is a pretty big contrast, and then there's some similarities too. So in Zambia, I lived in a mud hut with a grass thatch roof, so oh, no similar. electricity. Yeah, so no no uh, running water, no electricity. Um, the nearest running water was, uh, about 60 miles away. The nearest electricity was about the same. And so, uh, and, and it was also a very rural area, of course. Um, so that's where it got in my head. I would like to try to live a similar lifestyle. It was just a little simpler. And I figured if, if I can do a lot of the stuff, then, um, I can kind of keep my finances down and then I can do ridiculous things like build so cycles and not have to worry about finances for a year or so. Um, so when we got home after the last time we were going to grow up and be big kids. Uh, and so we decided to build a house and uh, I had built like a small cabin that I lived in for a little bit. And that was also off grid, but it was, you make that sound like a hobby. Like, Oh, I, I, I I built, I I built a a cabin. It's a hobby cabin. Yeah. It's like, it's like, yes, (laughs) I lived in it, but it, it gave me the confidence. I was like, I can probably do a real house and so our, our our house is 20 feet by 20 feet so it's relatively small i think we have 600 600 feet that are you know considered living area um yeah so there's so it's actually a really nice version of like what we lived in when we were in the peace corps so there is that similarity but you know um we live kind of rurally here and well we live near harrisburg but you know we we lived in the middle of several fields um so yeah there's some similarities there and then it's uh you know different world but uh you know coming from out of college one thing that a lot of people had said when you get older when you have kids when you have a house when you have all these responsibilities it'll be really hard to travel and do all these other things so do them while you're young so that's that's why we got out when we were younger and we didn't have a house didn't have anything and we could just kind of cut. And uh, so we lived outside the United States. I probably lived outside the States a total of close to 10 years. And then, you know, we've been back for about 10 years. I guess the way you deal with that now, do you, you're obviously uh, trying to expand your business, like through Instagram. And I don't even know if you're on TikTok or not, but like, how do you do that while still being like off the grid because you're you're trying to expand your business yeah but obviously it seems like a paradox yeah it's a weird dichotomy because more or less i'm a hermit i just stay down in my basement (laughs) more or less uh, yeah more or less you know living my best life and uh you know i i leave to go places every once again but i mainly get around by bicycle so i'm pretty limited and seeing that i live in a rural area that yeah we're 10 miles from anything um you know that's a 20 mile round trip bike trip so i don't make it all that often um so it is kind of weird that i kind of live 
you know, away from most things, but I am trying to grow things. So, you know, a lot of it is electronically and uh, Instagram's a really good one. I tried TikTok. It wasn't, wasn't my thing, although it's almost the same as Instagram. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to push things out and, uh, and, and mainly I'll do that. Uh, we have T-Mobile gives, they have these little towers that go off the cell signals so we can get Wi-Fi in our house. We are off grid, but we do have six solar panels and uh, we have a battery bank so that when the sun is not shining, we can still have electricity at night. Like now, uh, the sun's not shining, but we have electricity all night. Um, have you so, ever thought of getting a gravity battery? Do you know what those are? No, what's that? Uh, I don't know if they have them small scale, but China is trying to roll out these gravity batteries because uh, I don't know if everyone knows this. I, I feel like everyone thinks just solar works and gives energy, but a lot of mm -hmm. people don't know that like you basically have to use a lot of, like a lot of the energy gets lost just because yeah. like during the day, you can only charge the battery so much. However, Definitely. with the gravity battery, this is hugely like prehistoric, but we haven't really found anything yet. But basically, they will bring up weight. Like there's these little bat. It's not electrical uh, or anything, but it's like yeah. kinetic energy. It's yeah. like uh, the Swedes. I think they bring water up the mountain and they use right. all that like water during the day. And then at the night, they bring the water down, like damming it or yeah. using the water coming down to kind of, you know, uh, right. what's that called? A water wheel, a mill yeah. type deal. Yeah, no, that and makes sense. And so you should definitely look this up. They've got, I, I don't know, even, I know you can compare it to, it looks like um, like a like a New York, like somebody's trying to build it and it's only got the I-beams, but what they have <laughs> is like they're bringing up these blocks all the way up. And so uh -huh. like whenever they need the energy, they'll drop the weight. And I guess they're yeah. using some type of, I, I, I don't know what the, the conversion of the like gravity drop on that is, but I thought it was just crazy because it's like so advanced, but so basic at the same time. Yeah. You know, that, that happens all the time because we, you know, a lot of grid systems now, a lot of solar systems are connected to the grid. So the grid is basically your battery bank. So if, you know, you produce a lot of energy during the day or during the summer, then it banks that electricity theoretically in the grid. And then you get it back like in, at night or more specifically in the wintertime. Um, but we're not connected to the grid. And so we lose out on a lot of electricity during the day because our batteries will be full. If it's a sunniest day, sunniest day, sunniest day. Well, then we've filled up the batteries by one o'clock in the afternoon and we have, you know, four to seven hours of uh, potential that we're missing out on. And we've, we've thought about a lot because, you, you know, batteries are the most expensive part of the system by far. Um, and so we've always thought, how can we store more energy? So we, we came up with ridiculous things that we didn't do, um, like just have a bunch of little uh, DeWalt batteries, because I use a lot of power, you know, that kind of power tools, or uh, you have a big um, air, uh, compressed air tank, because you can run a lot of stuff off of that. Um, but having a gravity system, that's a good idea. It <laughs> It's good, but then, I don't know, it's just crazy, you know what I mean? Like, then you got to get these, these blocks and then bring, doesn't it seem like so... I don't know. Like you've got to look at the photo of what, like it's just bringing it up. 
I don't know. But I'll definitely <laughs> check that out. Some other people have suggested, well, if you really like bikes, you could uh, power some of your batteries by, you know, turning the bicycle power into the watts that would go into the batteries. But it turns out we as humans don't make nearly as much no, electricity no. as what you'd think. So do you, do you watch much? I, I used to watch a lot of TV, but when you brought up the bike and the electricity thing, it reminded me of uh, there's this episode of what's that show? It's like the new Twilight Zone. Uh, Black okay. Mirror. Black Mirror. I haven't seen it. So the premise of the show is it's like some dystopia and basically people and i i think they're in one giant building they don't really explain it much it's more like a one hour thing but basically gotcha. people are just cycling like all day <laughs> and they earn points which uh -huh. they can buy food with they can buy like everything and they just do that every day uh -huh. and I, i'm just thinking because they show you like tons of people cycling at the same time too like in futuristic suits and futuristic bikes and they've gotcha. got like virtual reality in front of you. You can choose where you're biking, but it just makes me think of that just because they're probably, it's more, it's, it's a nicer version of the matrix where they're just hooking them up <laughs> to make batteries. Um, Sounds kind of nice. If, if I'm a big fan of YouTube and there is a YouTube video out there where there's a track cyclist from Germany, which they're kind of like the sprinters of the cycling world. So they have these huge thighs and just huge legs and they're like, you know, more or less muscle builders and uh, or bodybuilders rather. And there's a guy that's powering a toaster and he's this big bulky track cyclist and he's going all in like just the, the sweat's just pouring off of him all to power one little toaster. So yeah. It's yeah. it's funny what some things consume electrically a it's lot. It's like uh I don't know, you can name like any 1980s movies, but you know how like they have it hooked up the light on the front of the bike, they have it yeah. hooked up to and they they're just really cranking it and yeah. I don't know just to date myself, my my dad used to buy me these crank crank lights and you just mm -hmm. really had to go to town on it to really like you have to rip. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like human <laughs> The conversion is not worth it, at least no. where we're at right now. So the new technology is they have that into the hub rather than the old ones. They they rubbed against your tire. Mm -hmm. uh, so now it's in the hub. And with LED technology, it actually works really well now. Um, you can get a really bright light without going very fast. But yeah, back in the old days, you had to be going like really fast at night to see where you're going, which was kind of a that, paradox. That is nice. However... Yeah. From what I've seen, the comparison on brightness, though, like, because, like, for example, I, I try to use, I mean, just like everyone nowadays, LEDs all over my house. And yeah. I bought like a, you know, like Philips light bulb, like smart version too, just to make my life a lot easier. And sure. the thing is, I had to buy a specific light bulb to get an equivalent lumens for like a, a standard 100 watt my wife my wife i yeah. don't know if your wife is like this or any of your friends that she likes the kitchen to look to be as bright as a surgery room like <laughs> like she doesn't want to like she needs to know every nook and cranny where everything is like if there's ants yeah. anywhere so no, like that... i had to find something equivalent yeah no my in-laws are some they, they like a bright kitchen luckily katie's pretty at times, our house can be a bit dim, but uh, yeah, it's interesting with um, the different lumens and whatnot.
So let's let's uh, go a little bit further. You're, I don't know, at twenty years down the line. Ooh. What 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 do you hope you've? Do you hope this is progressed? Do you see yourself doing something else? Like when I first started talking to you, I was like, this man looks like he's about to buy a CNC router, not a large one, <laughs> just like maybe sure. like a four by four and like yeah. try to expand stuff like in corporate. And then the other weird thing I, one thing I love is the drinking bicycle tours and they're only done in oh, select yeah. cities. I've yeah. done it in Austin and I know they have it in Nashville. I don't think it's legal many other places. Like one of those ones where you maybe have eight or 10 people on a big and you like can kind drink of moving bar on it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've never done one. Uh, we don't have any near me, but uh, that, that that's on my bucket list. I recommend it. But wh like, what are what are some things you're reaching at? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, maybe I hadn't thought that far, but but thinking about it now. Um, so one of the things that influenced me a lot while I was abroad, especially Zambia and Peru, was uh, people's businesses where they were often limited by their real estate. So, you know, it's expensive to have a larger place. So a lot of these places would have really small tuck shops or tiendas that, you know, it's just one person in there and then they just stuff the whole <laughs> The whole, uh, like a hole in the wall, basically, just stuff it full of one specific thing. Like, oh, I sell shoes, so just just all shoes in there. Or, you know, me specifically, I like to go check out the bike parts and just like, there's one person that can fit in there. Nobody else can get in, and they have just all this stuff. And so, you know, I, uh, my wife and I kind of made a pact. We wouldn't make the house bigger than what it is. And so, what I can do with my business is basically in our basement, which was an afterthought. Uh, and it's a little you small. You, you have a basement? Yeah. So Pennsylvania, it's, it makes the most, it's totally an afterthought. I was like, when I was building the house, I'm like, well, the easiest way for me to build a house is put things on piers. Cause I know how to dig a hole and I know how to put cement in the hole. I'll just put it on piers. And then, uh, my wife was like, he's just being an idiot. Everybody else has a small basement underneath their house. That's, that's what totally makes sense. I was like, uh, I don't, Did you it's do totally that an before or after you built the house? Uh, before so oh we, man we i was on. about to say like building a base crazy that would be like i don't know if you've seen the great escape but just like scooping dirt like slowly bringing it out of the house there are people that have expanded their basements by doing that exact thing oh. and it's ridiculous it is ridiculous because my first thought is cave-in which is a crazy oh, thought yeah. but like it's probably happened before oh but definitely. keep going though no, anyway, so my my idea is to expand to just completely. So basically, I can just fit in my basement, but then I got all the stuff that I like, you know, all the different inner tubes, all those batteries, or the all the batteries exactly. I bet the you gravity have at least system. six Dewalt batteries. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got a bunch, and uh, just like continue to find space down there and see where it takes me, so that I can be packed. Oh, there's our dogs. Uh, be packed in there, just like I saw those guys in the because. Uh, for whatever reason, it just really gelled with me. So that that's my 20-year plan. Pack my basement, kind of become a pack rat, stick to the hermit life. Should be great. I, I like that, except for it's just like I can't deal with clutter. My brain is just like everything needs to have a spot. Like I'll have my creative, my creative spurts 
where mm-hmm. it's like completely messy and then I have to block everything to clean. Like I'll make piles like this will go over there, 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 and then I'm done and I move the piles to where they need to go. But uh, like I I just can't focus. It's just my brain is not wired correctly. Um, no, you know, it's interesting. My wife is very much she has. So she gets to control the first floor. You know, we have the main floor. Um, and then we have like a little loft area. And so she gets both those and she makes everything orderly and it looks beautiful. She, she's a massage therapist. So we have a little, we've packed a lot into our little house. We have a little massage studio in our house. So people have to come through our house to get to the massage studio. So she has everything perfectly dialed. And then you go down in my basement, it looks like a bomb's gone off. And, and like a yo-yo between I'm getting organized and then I want to make this thing and it throws everything into chaos. And then I get organized and then I make something else. Like when I'm making a, a new so cycle and I don't know how to do it, my brain just goes into chaos mode. So it, yeah, there's a dichotomy in our house. But yeah, you, you probably have the same train of thought as me where I'm like, like I, I sadly have like eight projects that I'm currently working on. And it's <laughs> just like, I slowly start to bring scraps together for each of those. Like, I, oh, and it sounds like a horror yeah. because I'm like, Oh, I need those shirts. I'm using those shirts to resize oh, yeah. for my children. Or like, what else do I've got? I, I'm tr- I'm trying to do my drip irrigation. I need those plastic tubes. Like, no doubt. Or or like that just looks really valuable, and you might use it in the future. So then you stick it somewhere, and then ten years later you use it, and th- then the hoarding brain's been, you know, uh, reinforced. Rewarded. Like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the worst thing. And I yeah, and I've said it many times on this podcast. Both of my parents, they're not there's hoarding and then there's just like like i can stuff it all in the like back five rooms that nobody will see type deal and you can just go yeah it's like uh what's that called uh alcoholics uh functional hoarders that's what i'm going to term it functional hoarders they're not saving pizza boxes or newspapers but they're a couple steps below it yeah yeah, oh, there's levels. And for living in a small home, I'm 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 clam- climbing the ladder right now. I, I yeah, I, I think it's still in the functional hoarder stage. But like I said, someday I'm just gonna have like these little trails down in the basement, and everything's just it's gonna be. I'm surprised you don't have it like a like a shed, like a work. Well, full full disclosure, we got a a small shipping container, and so we Ooh. just you know, are we like, talking we have, like like the. Uh... The cool industrial ones, like they're taking off the bar, the yeah. Oh, those are cool. Yeah, off the ships. I yeah. want to make a so house we, out of those. Yeah, those are awesome. So we hope to someday make it into kind of a she shed. So my wife and I, but mainly my wife, has a really big garden, and we have chickens, and we have quails, and we got a lot of stuff going out there. And so we put the idea was we'd put the shipping container right behind the garden and then we'd blow up the rear garden and so that that would become integrated into it but then i became a hoarder and i just threw all my junk in there so someday we hope to make that into a really cool little place because when you take a shipping container and make it into like a cool shed or you, you know, should a cool uh, house do you know how to weld like tig or me I, I so my father-in-law is nice enough he has a tig welder and so he's helped me tig weld a few things so i, I can kind of make something functional no, that's but, great. Yeah. Make that into yeah. a little uh you could even put a little nice roof on there. I don't know about coding on that. 
Well, my wife really likes living roofs. And so she's really into the idea of putting on top the shipping container, living roof. So I've looked into it. It's possible. So we'll see what happens. So right before our final question, I'm just going to, I'm not even trying to plug it just because I just recorded a, uh, a, a like this great woman. She, uh, she's in Denver and she does urban farming, like, but it's uh, all, yeah. like all of it's going to the homeless, but she nice. like has companies and other people approach her like, Hey, I've got like land and all not like large land, but like, you know, right. like, like half an acre or like a quarter of acre. So they plan on it. And just like you, she bikes everywhere and like just nice. gives out like this, like free food. And she said that I think she gave out 7,000 pounds of food last year. It's called wow. the table. You should, well, you can I'll check the podcast or look at the links. It's it's definitely, I was like, that's awesome. That's just like, I'm a big functional fixness person where I see multiple use. Well, I don't need to tell you that, but I, <laughs> I see like, I see something and I'm like, what can I do with that? Like, I see this Gatorade bottle. I'm like, avocado seed, four toothpicks. There's got potential there. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Okay. Last question. Okay. What is something that your parents did that you'd like to pass on to a next generation? And what is something new you'd like to try or something that you'd kind of steer away from that they did? Yeah. So, uh, it kind of is, it's on another gear. Something that my parents did when I was in high school was they talked about finances. And I find a lot of families don't talk about finances with their kids. And the what they did is they said, all right, you we have put aside a little bit of money for you to go to college. It would be enough for a semester if you go to a really fancy private school, or it would be enough for maybe a year or two if you go to a, another university. But if you get scholarships, and you might be able to, you know, help with that and not come out with a lot of debt. Uh, and that was when that was back in the late 90s when schools were really starting to ramp up the cost of it. And it was something that, you know, I as a stupid kid, I was not thinking of at all. But that seed in my brain helped me to get out of college. I was able, you know, I focused when I was in high school so I could get some scholarships, but also I knew, well, I have this set amount and it won't be more. Uh, you know, I, this is what I can go to college for. And if I want to come out debt free, then, you know, I have to figure this out. And that really has helped set me up to be more fiscally responsible than what I think I would have been without that. And, uh, you know, I have, there's, there's a lot of friends that either maybe their, they, their family wasn't in a position, or maybe the family was pretty well off, and they never talked about finances with their kids. And those kids really struggled through college, you know, they maybe came out with a large debt and that that changes your trajectory. And I, I don't think I would have been able to do a lot of the things that I did without having that just initial thought when I was young of financial responsibility, which is just kind of a weird thing that I haven't talked about, but it, it has made a huge impact in my life. And then something, you know, I call my little business crank therapy, because it's kind of funny, but also, you know, the bicycle has helped me to weather a lot of, you know, valleys in my life, um, you know, getting outside, being active. And uh, that's, I really want to pass that on because, um, you know, mental health is a big deal and it, it can be really tricky. And so I think doing everything you can to give yourself a leg up is important, like getting outside and being active, you know, eating a little bit healthier, getting decent sleep, you know, staying away from some stuff that might mess with you. Yeah. And, 
I think it's not going to solve everything. But uh, at least in my life, the times that have been really dark, the thing that has really helped me out, family, friends, counseling, but also getting outside, being active, eating a little bit healthier, getting good sleep, and and just kind of hitting the basics will do a lot for you. And so if I could pass that on to the next generation, I think that's that's what I like to pass on. I like that. The basics. Yeah. Good. Hit the basics. Because what, what was I was looking at something and they were just saying that Americans are just like, I don't know if this makes sense, but putting a Band-Aid over a Band-Aid over a Band-Aid. <laughs> like, for example, I can't go to sleep. Let me take some melatonin. Love, yeah. I'm low on vitamin D. Let me go take yeah. like vitamins for it. And I'm like, that makes it's, complete sense to me. And right. It's, it's, just, it's hard because a lot of these things you have to do. Like if you're in the depths of whatever you're in, then that's not the time to really start these new habits. Or it, it can be, but it's like short term like, over long term like changes. Exactly. So if you can get, um, you know, have these habits and rituals and, you know, uh, get that in. So you have a daily, um, you know, positive way of looking at things or, you know, a daily exercise routine or, you know, you just try to stay towards the healthier stuff. Uh, then when you're in the depths, you can kind of rely on that. So, but it's hard because it won't take effect as quickly as probably some of those other band-aids will. Yeah. Um, yeah. Makes sense. Well, thank you very much for being on the show, sir. I appreciate it. Yeah. Michael, thanks. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I guess have a good night. This is actually probably the closest time, like time zone or Obviously, we're the same time zone that I yeah, have been in a, in a while. Uh, yeah, I, I listened to some of your earlier podcasts. Uh, the gentleman from Ireland I was oh, talking yeah. about the four day work week. That that was uh, I, I found that to be really interesting. But he was in a completely different time zone as well. Yeah, he he worked in the New Zealand time time zone, but was actually living in Ireland, which I thought was very confusing to me. Blew my mind as well. But I do like the idea of a four-day work week. That's like huge for me. We just had a four. Well, you, I don't know if you. We had the Labor Day just now, and it was like, yeah, right. My wife gets off the Friday because she starts school early, like before uh, mm-hmm. Labor Day. So they give her the Friday before Labor Day. So it's like a four-day week, and it was just like. Nice. Obviously, we didn't relax. We just did all these projects that we wanted to get done. But the year projects, and that makes a big difference. That's true. Yeah. But uh, thanks again and have a good night. Yeah, Michael, thank you. Have a great night. Appreciate talking. If you like this week's episode of People More Interesting Than Me, please follow me on Apple Podcasts so you won't miss out on more episodes like these.